Welcome to episode 5 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics, and we've got a lot more San Diego Comic-Con stuff to check up on. If you want to hear our thoughts on the Aquaman and Shazam trailers, we already have an episode up on that, episode 3. That's how numbers work. You can check that out, but we're going to get into more news from this week and also some the other stuff from Comic-Con that we missed. All right. First up, Natasha Rothwell has joined the cast of Wonder Woman 1984 in an undisclosed role, according to Deadline. So if if you haven't heard of her, she's known for Insecure and Love, Simon, which has got really good reviews. He's also She's also a writer for SNL, and she also wrote on Insecure. Um, yeah, we don't have no idea what character she's going to be playing, but she is joining Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, I haven't seen her in anything, so I don't really have an opinion, but there's just not a lot of roles cast yet for Wonder Woman and the ones we do know are undisclosed except for Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor and Barbara Minerva. So uh, I'm curious to see who all these characters will be. I'm guessing it's a relatively big role because it's one of the first names other than Pedro Pascal that we've heard of. So uh, yeah, we'll just wait and see on that. Yeah. Just always exciting to get more information about this film. And speaking of more casting for the Joker film, the, Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix, we're getting some in-talks, lots of in-talks. So Robert De Niro is in-talks for a role in the Joker movie, according to The Hollywood Reporter. And from the article, it says, if a deal makes, De Niro would play a talk show host who is somehow instrumental in the Joker's origin. Yeah, uh, obviously De Niro is a huge name to throw around. There's been a lot of big names been thrown around with this Joker film, you know. It's, um, so I think it would be really, really cool if they got De Niro. I if they don't get him, it's not like a huge blow to me. It would just be a nice to have. I don't think it, it hurts the chances. There's there's a lot of good actors that could play this sort of character, but I'm I'm interested in how he would be involved in the Joker's origin. Yeah, me too. And it's and Variety had more details on it. Uh, it's kind of interesting. The quote says, Insiders say the script has ties to De Niro's comedy, King of Comedy, about a failing comedian who kidnaps a popular talk show host to gain fame. In this case, the roles would be reversed with De Niro playing the smug host. So that's a, an 80s Martin Scorsese film. And that's interesting. It, you know, we've talked about how Phillips is inspired by the 80s Scorsese's crime dramas. And King of Comedy makes sense, especially if they're going with the origin of the Joker that involves him being a comedian. Yeah. And a, a failing comedian that, you know, gets fed up with his lot in life and breaks mentally so that it sounds perfect for that uh and more casting zazie beats is in talks to play somebody to star in the joker movie according to the hollywood reporter so it says that beats would play a single mother who catches the interest of the man who will become the clown prince of crime so it sounds like a potential love interest for this walking phoenix joker movie you don't know but with interest for the joker does that mean a love interest does that just mean someone he's interested in killing or right <laughs> doing you know who knows what uh i haven't seen beats in anything but i've heard good things about her she's been in atlanta and deadpool too and yeah that, that doesn't sound like that doesn't jump on nobody from comics history jumps to mind as who that could be i could be missing someone or it wouldn't surprise me if these are lots of very original roles that have little to nothing to do with comics yeah it, it seems like of all of the joker movies that are in works this is the one that would have the loosest ties to comics and more of the i don't know i don't know if freedom's the right word but more of the leeway to create new characters and story arcs kind of kind of sounds like freedom yes i know <laughs> and francis conroy is in talks to play the joker's mom penny according to the rap she is known for six feet under american horror story 
I know her as Barney Stinson's mom on How I Met Your Mother. Uh, <laughs> and she's also done some some DC work before. She was in the, the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. And she voiced Martha Kent in both All-Star Superman and the Superman Unbound animated movies. Yeah, and she's she's got the look of a maybe slightly abusive or disapproving parent. Like I think she could play that well. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm just saying That's I think she could to say. she could play that kind of character well. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean we'll we'll see what she said, but she, she's a really good actress from what I've yeah. seen her in. Um, On to Shazam, we've got our first bit of details from Mark Strong's Doctor Savannah. We only saw him very briefly in the trailer, so Entertainment Weekly added a little bit more onto it. They added that Savannah ran into the wizard Shazam as a child, but was not granted powers. And so he's kind of searched for the magic and the powers ever since he was a little boy. Uh, And director David F. Sandberg talked about it, saying Mark Strong loves being a bad guy. And it's not just him, really. It's something else that lent him his powers. He can do some things that Shazam can't. The danger in some films is the bad guy has the same powers as the good guy. Savannah has an extra thing, extra dynamic that takes care of that. So this sounds very much like New 52, Dr. Savannah. So not surprising there. Uh, I'm excited for Mark Strong. I hope we didn't get to see much of him in the trailer. I hope he doesn't get, I hope he gets a really good opportunity to play a villain and gets a long run, gets a lot of screen time and not just what the trailer would imply. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to to his take on a bad guy. I Like Sandberg says, I think he's he's going to do a really good job at it, I think. There's a lot of potential for him to do something cool there. Moving on, Benjamin Walfish is going to compose the score for Shazam, according to Film Music Reporter. So he scored um, Sandberg's previous two films, Lights Out and Annabelle Creation. And then he also scored It and worked with Hans Zimmer on Blade Runner 2049. And he's a member of Zimmer's remote control production. So kind of in the the Hans Zimmer school of make cool music for movies. Um, (laughs) So I... I like the music in Blade Runner 2049. Um, I'm sure he'll do something cool. Yeah, and it helps that they've he's worked with Sandberg before, so not a not a surprising hire there. Yep. At SDCC, as usual, DC Entertainment announced their 2019 animated movie slate. So some of the the first one we already knew, which is Reign of the Superman, the Superman, which was a follow up to Death of the Superman, Death of Superman. Gosh, those are really hard to say. That's coming in early 2019. Uh, the others, there's three more. Justice League versus The Fatal Five is coming in spring 2019. This is going to be an original story featuring The Fatal Five, which is the legion of superhero villains. So they don't say if it's going to be time travel involved, but I would guess that we see the Justice League in the future and maybe get to see the legion of superheroes. And kind of like with the Teen Titans, they had Justice League versus Teen Titans and then had a Teen Titans solo animated movie. I could see them doing something like this and having a legion movie the following year. Yeah, that that's a great idea, especially if you know people respond well to these characters. And it's really cool that they're doing an original story. So it, a lot of times with these movies, you know basically what's going to happen going into it because you've read the comic. So I, I'm always a fan. I've been a fan of the original stories they've done so far. They've they've worked really well. And I don't think they said if it's going to be in continuity with the current universe, but I would assume that would be. We'd know Reign of the Superman will be, uh, but we don't know about that. Or for the next one, which is Batman Hush which is coming summer 2019. Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy teased this two years ago at a con, and now it's finally on the schedule for release next summer. Yeah, this is the one that really, really excites me. Hush is my favorite Batman storyline and, you know, one of my probably top five comic book storylines of all time. And it, it does such a great job of introducing 
a lot of the Batman family and giving you story and, you know, twists and turns. And it's just a, a really interesting, intriguing ride from start to finish. So I'm very, very excited for them it to be being put into a film of some kind. I, I would have loved to see it in live action, but I have to admit it's probably easier to do an animation. Yes, and I wonder how much how strict of an adaptation it yeah. will be. Oh, you always wonder with the story. It's a twelve issue arc, so that's a lot to fit in even an eighty or eighty five minute animated movie. So I wonder how much if they will you know, if they'll have all the all of the Batman villains included or if they will just save some. Or, or you know, focus on the main story of Hush and all the twists and turns and mysteries that that involves. Yeah. And they're doing a fourth one, and normally they do not, but it's Wonder Woman Bloodlines, and they're not giving any details for it, just saying it will release later in the year. The first arc of New 52, Wonder Woman, was Wonder Woman Blood, and I wonder if that will, and that involved Bloodlines and family-type stuff, so I wonder if it's based on that, or if it could be, since it's coming later in the year and we're getting a live-action Wonder Woman film, I wonder if that will tie into the film somehow, not not you know being continuity or anything, but... They tried to do Batman Gotham Knight back when The Dark Knight came out. It came out around the same time, so I wonder if they'll just try to take advantage of the live-action film and release it around the same time. Yeah, that would be a smart a smart marketing idea. And yeah, it implies some sort of family, family lineage, something like that. But it's cool to get a, a fourth one. On to TV. At Comic-Con, Jeff Johns announced that a live-action Stargirl drama has been ordered to series by... DC Universe 13 episode season that is going to debut next year after I would assume after Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing also debut on that service. So Johns is going to write and executive produce along with Greg Berlanti and Sarah Schechter, the usual executive producers. And there is a synopsis that was released. So Stargirl follows high school sophomore Courtney Whitmore, who inspires an unlikely group of young heroes to stop the villains of the past. The show reimagines Stargirl and the very first superhero team, the Justice Society of America, in a fun, exciting, and unpredictable series. Right. If you don't know much about Stargirl, she was in Smallville and Legends of Tomorrow. This is kind of how John started in the comic book industry in the late 90s. Stargirl is based off of his late sister, Courtney, who passed away in a plane explosion. And that's really where he started with this character. And it ties in, you know, there was the Stars and Stripes series he did. And then that led into a long, lots of years him working on the JSA. And so he said he's going to this is going to involve the JSA a lot. He compared it to tonally if Titans is like Arrow, Stargirl is like the Flash. So it's going to be yeah. more lighthearted. It's going to be set in high school. And I think it's going to be very different from the other shows that are going to be on the service. Yeah, it's I'm I'm really excited that they're bringing some more variety um, and really, really like doubling down on their commitment to original programming for this service before it even launches. And it's it's obviously really cool that Johns can be involved this heavily in this tv show for a character based on his sister that's pretty cool yeah it's also interesting he this is one of his early pitches he talked about how he tried to pitch this to dan didio years and years ago they actually he dan didio thought he had a meeting with richard donner and then <laughs> jeff johns and kevin feige showed up to pitch a star girl series because they were both uh working for the donners at the time so he, he johns has wanted to do this a while obviously it's a, a project that's close to him and i'm really excited to do to see what he does with it and especially having it set in high school that's that's really different and something we haven't seen much of and it's just it's nice to have a property that doesn't have it's completely different than what's out there in terms of the characters that will be on it there's no connections to loose connections to batman or gotham city or 
Superman or anything like that. This is totally its own thing. Now watch they'll they'll bring in those characters or something. But I'm, I'm really excited because there's nothing there's nothing Star Girl related on the slate anywhere. So this is really cool and uh, should be a fun and exciting, more lighthearted show because of the character Star Girl is a much more lighthearted and energetic character. Yeah, definitely. At that same panel, Johns also talked a little bit about Titans, and he confirmed that Donna Troy and Jason Todd will be in the show, as has been rumored for a long time, and that it will explore many other DC characters. And he also teased a possible getting into the Superboy and Lex Luthor storyline down the road on the show. Yeah, I mean, obviously, those that would be really cool to get into. And I, I think they're definitely going to have a lot of freedom. I'm going to use that word again. A lot of freedom to do some big, crazy stuff on these shows because of they own every part of it and they own the the network not even the network they own the platform that they're they're putting it out on so probably gives them a lot of creative freedom right and that first trailer didn't blow me away or anything i've said that but i'm really excited about everything we hear about this all the characters and mythology that's that's being introduced they're heavily inspired by the marvel from george perez 80s new teen titans which is a fantastic place to start and john's also talked about how you know the focus being on Robin and Raven is shows one thing and what we didn't see in the trailer is all the other stuff uh, obviously from Beast Boy and that's going to have a much different feel and Starfire and there's going to be very different than the story going on there so I'm you know I wasn't blown away by the trailer like I said but I'm still really excited for this especially the more I hear about it yeah I'm definitely the same as well Uh, moving on to some of the CW shows Supergirl released its season four teaser on YouTube kind of starts out like a commercial then gets weirder from there um definitely dealing with the alien problem which i i think has for me has always been like the interesting angle for supergirl and just the superman family of characters in general is the idea of aliens coming to earth and then how humans react to it so uh, this has me pretty excited yeah let's talk about that because it's sam Whitwer doing the voice there you yeah know, you hear him <laughs> as benjamin lockwood agent liberty so he was cast and i was really excited about this in a series regular role and then it, it looks like he's going to be the big bad which is not very much like agent liberty at all it's a it seems like a strong departure uh entertainment weekly had a breakdown of what his character will be yeah they said that in the show's interpretation of the character agent liberty is the ruthless and terrifying founder and figurehead of children of liberty a hate group that supports a human first world order and according to a description from the show's producer, he's a brilliant orator in the guise of a family man. And the scariest thing about him is how easily he can convince people that he's right. That doesn't sound very much like Agent Liberty at all. I've, I've read a lot of his early appearances and he was part of the Sons of Liberty. And it looks like they're switching it to Children of Liberty because the, the hate group needs to be politically correct as well, I guess. But it's, it's a very different departure for his character. He, he works for the Sons of Liberty, uh, but he's not a founder and creator dan jurgens was quite upset on twitter he said he wasn't a whack job and you know said that would be one-dimensional writing but it's really surprising he deleted the tweet since but it's really surprising that they would take a character who's not a villain and then make him the founder of a hate group some have speculated maybe he's infiltrating the group but the breakdown says he founded it so i don't know why he would start a hate group (laughs) to tear it down maybe that's like next level genius stuff you get all the evil people in once but yeah they're definitely going with the anti-alien approach yeah and i think i think my approach to it is different just because i'm not really familiar with this character and so i don't i it doesn't seem like as huge of a departure because i wasn't familiar with what we're departing from um and the 
the idea of the anti-alien slant is just entertaining and exciting to me. So I think that's why I'm a little, probably a little more positive than people who have read and liked Agent Liberty stuff before. Yeah, and let's be clear. Agent Liberty has never caught on. He's he's right. had a few small appearances, and so 99% of people to watch Supergirl have probably never heard of Agent Liberty, but it's just surprising to take a character that way. There's lots of DC villains, so why wouldn't you use a DC villain to play a big bad, especially since there's already been a couple that have been on anti-alien characters that have been on Supergirl. I think, you know, Morgan Edge or Lillian Luther could fill this role. But I'm excited to see Sam Witwer back. He was Doomsday on Smallville. He's done some Star Wars voicing that is really popular. Um, and I, I understand you need to recreate characters, especially ones that haven't caught on, but uh, just it just seems really strange to me. Um, also, in, in Supergirl casting, The Hollywood Reporter has that Nicole Maines is going to play Nina Now slash Dreamer, so the first transgender superhero on TV based on Nura Now, Dream Girl, a member of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, and then April Parker Jones is going to play Colonel Haley and David Adjula as anti-hero Manchester Black. Yeah, I don't know a ton about Colonel Haley or Dreamer, Dream Girl, another Legion of the Superheroes character. I wonder if that's going to tie into Brainiac 5 or things like that. Um, but excited to see that character in Colonel Haley. Manchester Black, I do know a little bit about. He was created for a very specific purpose, Action Comics 775, one of the best single-issue comics I've ever read. And it's a fantastic storyline, fantastic story about Superman. Uh, but Manchester Black has never caught on. If you've seen Superman versus the Elite, he's in that as well. Uh, so I, I wonder if they're going to adapt that storyline, which is really cool. It's about... Superman being pushed across the line while anti-heroes are willing to cross the line and Superman stands up against that. It's really awesome for a single issue. Uh, what's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way is the title. It's really great. So I'm guessing they they might want to get into that at some point this year. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Legends of Tomorrow. They also released their Season 4 teaser on YouTube. And we got some recaps of the last season and then also got to see some stuff from the new season, including good amount of Constantine, which is the part that excites me the most. I didn't like it when they showed Bebo because that reminded me that <laughs> how much Bebo there was. Uh, but then they, they brought it back with Constantine. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I mean, as excited as I can get for Legends of Tomorrow, it's not my favorite <laughs> show, uh, but there's definitely great stuff, especially when Constantine's involved. Yeah, it looks, it looks like more Legends fun stuff and uh, to enjoy. So we knew Macy Richardson Sellers, who plays Vixen, would be back. And she is apparently going to remain a series regular, but will be playing a different character called Charlie, <laughs> yeah. who is a magical fugitive who causes some havoc on the Wave Rider. I had to check like three or four different sources after I read this because I thought it was like just a joke or, or something. But this is something that would, uh, some sort of story that would only happen on Legends. I don't know how it's going to work or, or what, but I think they just wanted the actress back and this is how they decided to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's a lot of a lot of thinking in the writer's room of Legends Tomorrow of like, how does this make logical sense? And how can we, ex you don't need to explain it. Yeah, I, I guess not. It just reminds me of how similar comic books and comic book shows can be to soap right. operas when you read a description <laughs> like that. I, I don't know. I hope they have a fun, I'm sure they have a fun way to, yeah. to, to do it and make it enjoyable, but it's strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Wally West is not going to appear at all on this season. So they're not bringing him back as a different character or, or maybe he will, they will bring him back as a different character. He'll be Westy Wally. Um, but 
so far yeah. it looks like he's not gonna be there right yeah we knew keenan lonsdale was gonna take on a smaller role but it looks like he's not going to be at all we, he's he is in the flash teaser yep a little bit but it looks like no none on legends and tv line also talked about why legends won't be in the crossover and there was like three different descriptions given by katie lots it's one was that it was a different type of show. Another one that it makes it, it makes it a challenging production. And then it was also it's tough to do character work with so many characters. If I had to guess, they probably wanted to limit it limit it to three shows. And Legends got the short end of the stick because they've got the hardest hardest roster. They've got so many superheroes. It's tougher to fit that many in. So I'm guessing that's that's what it's going to be. And I don't know. It makes it sound like no Legends characters will even appear. But I'm hoping. Ray Palmer or Constantine pop up for a little bit and part of the crossover that would be cool to see Uh, but no legends in the crossover Arrow also released a season 7 teaser on YouTube which features Oliver in prison at the end of last season and it looks really really reminds me of the the script for Green Green Arrow Supermax which was never made Oliver in prison there's a couple villains in there with him and beating him up it looks pretty fun and exciting Uh, and then we have some cast for the Longboat Hunters so Holly, Elisa is going to play Red Dart. Michael Johnson's going to play Kodiak, and Miranda Edwards is going to play Silencer. Yeah, I'm not familiar with too familiar with those characters. I do know that the Silencer is a new character created just last year, uh, debuted in DC Comics in the the Silencer comic as part of the New Age of Heroes. So she is a an assassin type character. Really cool. I'm going to have to check out that those comics to get a little idea for that. But that's cool to see it the character make it from comics to the to TV so fast. I wonder if that, I don't know if that was forced on them or, or pushed or suggested to them, but I think that's cool to see the character so fast. Yeah, it is cool to see that so fast. It'd be, it would be cool to have some of the, the ongoing like current comic book stories. If they could like somehow get the mix that with the TV shows sometimes, that would be cool too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wonder how they're going to fit the longbow hunters in, but seeing three different assassins, go over the course. Uh, I hope Oliver stays in prison for at least a couple episodes. I don't know if he will, but I hope that happens. But the longbow hunters wreaking havoc will be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, and then the flash is still going. They have their season five teaser released. Um, obviously dealing with the, the aftermath of the last season, Nora, their daughter from the future is there. Um, I'm really looking, looking forward to how that works out. I, I wasn't super high on the last season until the end. And we got to this part where their daughter from the future is coming and that, that part really got me excited. So I'm, I'm looking forward to flash again. Yeah. That's the thing I'm most looking forward to. We know she's going to be called excess now and Jessica Parker Kennedy is just so energetic in the role. Yeah. I mean, I just, I say that every time, but she's so exciting to see. And I'm really looking forward to see what they do with the character this year. Uh, and then Chris Klein, who you might know from American pie is going to play the villain Cicada who is a grizzled blue-collar everyman whose family has been torn apart by metahumans. So Cicada now seeks to exterminate the epidemic one metahuman at a time. So I'm guessing that's the creepy guy at the end of the teaser. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Klein, I, I know him as Oz in the American Pie movies. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was best known for. So it's going to be funny to see him play a villain. And that, that big bad kind of sounds like the plan for Supergirl's big bad, just aliens instead yeah. of metahumans. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they go different ways with it, but that sounds very similar in terms of in broad strokes. Yeah. And well, in the Supergirl one, he's got a bunch of people with him. So maybe Cicada will be kind of like a lone villain going off on his own, but yes, still pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, and then black lightning had a season one recap, um, which 
it's pretty awesome. It's just like five minutes and just reminds you how crazy good this show was this past season. So um, it's definitely worth a watch if you liked the this, this show. Uh, and then Jordan Calloway, who plays Khalil slash Painkiller now, is going to be a series regular in season two. That's good. Painkiller is one of the biggest Black Lightning villains, I guess. Uh, not that he has a huge rogues gallery because he wasn't around for the, the longest time in terms of ongoing comics. But So I'm glad to see Painkiller have a bigger role. And I liked what they did with Khalil for the most part in season one and want to see more of that. Yeah, me too. And almost done with TV news, we'll jump on to Krypton. And the biggest news here is that Lobo will be in season two. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, he will be the big bad for the year. And that is not expected to impact potential movie plans with with or without Michael Bay as director. Uh, well, we don't really need to talk about that. But yeah, um, Lobo is a interesting choice, I will say, um, to be the big bad for season two of Krypton. I don't know. This show is insane. I've liked everything. I there was some things that they were trying that I didn't know, think I was going to like, and then I ended up liking it. So I, I kind of have faith that they're going to do something cool with Lobo. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do because he's definitely a very interesting character that I don't think we've seen. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a character to like him that we've seen in some of these DC TV shows, and I'm kind of drawing a blank. Oh, he's he's totally unique. I would compare him to a drunken cosmic Deathstroke. Yeah. In terms of being a bounty hunter, you know, he's got a contract. I don't know if somebody, why he's the big bad, if somebody wants him to destroy Krypton for some reason, or if he just, you know, feels like going and killing everyone. That's not totally out of Lobo's character to do. Um, so I, I wonder how he's going to fit in. But I wouldn't have, Lobo isn't a character I would have necessarily wanted to see on the small, small screen, or I would, but like I wouldn't have had high expectations visually. But after seeing what they did with Brainiac, I'm pretty excited to see what Lobo's design will look like. That's going to be tougher if he has a bigger role than Brainiac had last year. But I think I think it could look pretty cool, uh, even on Krypton's budget. Yeah, you bring up a good point. They've, not without a huge budget, they have made some really, really good-looking visuals. So I'm I'm not scared that they'll, they'll do a bad job on that. Krypton Season 2 is going to pick up four to five months after Season 1, and it's going to also explore the origins of the Kryptonian gods Nightwing and Flamebird. These are different Nightwing. The night, the Kryptonian Nightwing was long, around a long time before the Dick Grayson Nightwing and has big ties to Krypton, Krypton's history. So that's going to be, I'm glad they're bringing in more Krypton-type stuff. And they're also going to explore Brainiac's origin and visit other planets. Yeah, this is this is really exciting for me. I, I love this cosmic stuff and all the different, the kind of sci-fi elements of this show that is on Sci-Fi Network. And so going to other planets that, that's really exciting to me. Yeah, I wonder what all they're going to visit. You know, they mentioned the Hawk people. We know Adam Strange is from elsewhere. And I don't know if they'll go to Kolu, which is where Brainiac's from or what, but that's that's pretty exciting and very ambitious to try to visit other planets. Yeah. All right, we also got our first look at footage from Season 3 of Young Justice Outsiders from Entertainment Weekly. It's about five minutes of footage, but the first three are a recap. Uh, you watched this, Tom? What do you think? Yeah, a recap from the end of season two there and then two minutes of new footage i mean it looks it just looks like young justice is back which i'm excited about you know picking up right where they left off we get a lot of flash to a ton of characters you know quick glimpses glimpses at lots of characters who've been around a while and some new ones i was excited for the really quick glance at orion i don't know how much of the fourth world new god stuff is but it's really cool to see orion in the young justice form yeah 
And last up, we got a quick teaser in comic books from the DC Black Label, which is the new imprint that is going to launch in September officially now, where it's going to have some all-star creators of different, with some freedom, like as you like to say, freedom, focusing <laughs> on the Black Label, some darker stories. It sounds like some stuff is going to be in continuity and some is not. So they're they're going to to launch that. And it's a pretty cool teaser trailer to launch for a, a line of comic books. Yeah, we get some cool looks at just some individual panels and, you know, animated a little bit. And these this giant scrolling list of really, really <laughs> talented people that are going to be working on this. So, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah, big names. I'm pretty excited about it. Yep. All right, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.